Many of us have herpes. So welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. As always, I'm Andy, and it's a baseball podcast tonight. So Sam and Kyle are with us, but Kyle is not with us. So I guess it's it's not Sam and Kyle with us. It's it's just Sam, but what else do we need? It's just me. It's just me. But I'm happy to do the work of two people. So it's uh, Sam from Deadspin fame. That is me. And at Fellsgate on Twitter. Indeed. I did my Bears podcast preview last night, so I'm as confused as you are. Um, but uh, I, I think I can I think I can shift gears to baseball. I, I think, think it's, I can do it. I think it's perfectly fine that twelve of the fifty three players on the roster are either tight ends or wide receivers. That seems like a <laughs> seems like a perfectly good way to divvy up an entire football roster. It's it's like having a lot of shortstops, remember? Uh, if you have a lot of shortstops, they can they can do other things. They can they can move to other places. So yeah, the Cubs had so many good ones at one point that they ended up with Mike Freeman playing <laughs> playing important games at the end of a season, and then last year had to get Nico off the couch because mm-hmm. they ran out. Yeah, they ran out of shortstops. It was a good use of assets. I thought so. So we are. Uh, it's. It's been well. We did we did a trade deadline podcast last time, so we were all a buzz with the big pickups, like Jose <laughs> Martinez. That worked out great. Um, he's now touring South Bend without a, without a hit. It was good. That's nice. Um, uh, they got Josh uh, Osick, who actually, as long as Ross has kept him away from right-handers, he's been fine. Better, and, uh, better than Kyle Ryan. And Andrew Chafin, right, who we've yet to see. Yes, Andrew Chafin. And then Cameron Mabin, who's actually been kind of useful. Who kind of made Jose Martinez expendable, he I de- think. He, yeah, He definitely made Steven Souza expendable. <laughs> yes, he did. Souza got released between games of a doubleheader, and he started the first one. I Now, I, I posted this on Twitter, but uh, I got to share it. You know, Andy, my brother's dream, and this was sort of like it, was that in in the NFL the 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 final preseason game would be played, and the coaches would have to announce their final cuts over the PA, <laughs> so that the fans during the second half could watch those who had cut like shuffle off to the locker room and away from the team. This is this is something he wanted to enact for his entire life, and I feel like Steven Souza getting cut in the middle of a doubleheader is as close as we'll get to it. I think that's that's as close as we'll see. Yeah, the only way it would have been better is if he had actually, like, during game two, they had to pause the action because he decided to walk across the field in his street clothes to go to the, right. to go to the exit. Um, before we I have I have things I want to discuss this week. I'm not just a reactionary oh, good. this week. But I have something I genuinely want to ask you because I don't know how to feel about it before, before we get to them. Now, the Cubs have obviously been busy with all these minor moves. I don't know that any of them matter. Uh, they gave up on Jose Martinez after 10 at-bats, was it? Something like that? 13, uh, I think. 0 for 13. 13 with a walk. We've seen the constant shuffle in the bullpen because it's bad. And I can't gauge whether that's just what you do because there's only 60 games in the season or because they just don't have a plan and they're just throwing stuff at the wall and they're panicking a bit, something in the middle. 
something tells me this is kind of just what you do because of how the season's shaped. Like, well, we gave him 13 at bats, and we don't we don't have time for him to find it, so we're just going to move on here. Well, but at the same time, it, it feels like there's no method to it. It's just it's how you and I would manage our the show team. That's exactly how I do that. Well, okay. <laughs> Jose can come back. He he mm-hmm. incredibly. He's 48 years old. <laughs> still had an option, so oh, they man, didn't they right. didn't lose him. They were able to just send him to South Bend, and I, it sounds like the plan is at some point to bring him back. I don't know um, what pitcher you would see that'd be like, oh, Jose can hit this guy, but <laughs> supposedly there that that will happen. Um, right. But yeah, as far as the bullpen, it's. It feels like it's both things. It's they finally figured out something the Dodgers and Brewers figured out a long time ago, which was t- treat the last couple of spots of your bullpen like they're literally on a shuttle to the minors. And you just, if you pitch a guy a couple of days, send him down, bring up another arm, wait to 10 days, bring him back if you want. They're doing it because they can, and they're doing it because they, they it to. doesn't hurt them because none of those guys are any good. So it's not like, well, Jason Adam is a hell of a lot worse. No, he's like, well, he's just as bad as everybody else, and it's his turn. Well, when will that shuttle include Braylon Marquez? You know, will it include? Had we been in charge, it would have already. He would have. He and Adbert would have both been up the whole time. Yeah. But this uh, isn't this isn't even about service time anymore, is it? I mean, it, they're past it, that. It threshold. can't be. So he's, yeah, I mean, service time, what? There's 18 days left in the season, 17 days right. left in the season. So, yeah, that means nothing. And he is at a point in his minor league career where he has to be put on the 40-man roster in the offseason anyway. Right. So there's literally no reason not to do it. And then you get stuff like, um, you know, Sahadev put in his – in one of his ponderous athletic columns. Um, <laughs> and I say that just because I'm a guy who writes really long, and at The Athletic, I wrote really long. Indeed. Um, Sahadev uh, also, and more frequently. <laughs> but he, he, it felt like he was trying to give himself a way to get credit if it happened, because he wrote that um, Marquez was trending in the right direction to get brought up, which sent me off, not at Sahadev, at the Cubs. It's like, well, if he's suddenly ready now, why the hell hasn't he been up here before? Sahadev is like, oh, now he's ready? And I read his tweet that way, because I think that's how it was. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, yeah, I, I think I think Sharma thought there was at least a chance he was going to be the 29th guy for the doubleheader and wanted right. to have a thing in there that day about, oh, they think he might be ready, and then he wasn't because, God forbid, he might have been useful. And then you get a thing like the the Ian Happ, Dylan Meckes podcast, the compound. And Zach Short, one of their, one of their guys got tr- traded away from their podcast. Um, <laughs> they had a whole segment this week about what Marquez looks like at South Bend and that it, he's ridiculous, especially if you're left-handed. You have no chance. But the Cubs have Kyle Ryan. Oh, so God. why would you possibly need Marquez? Literally, every time I see Ryan warm up in the bullpen, I get nauseous. I, 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 I'm just so curious about the phrase trending in the right direction at South Bend because I don't I don't know what it is they're doing in South Bend. They're not playing games. We know that, right? They're playing these uh, simulated yeah. games. 
Yeah, so they're just kind of a holding pen. It's not like, oh, we're getting we're seeing different results no. from him facing opponents. Like he's just he's just throwing. Everyone is what they are right. in South Bend. There is no up, there is no down, they're just there. So if he's if you're even hinting that he's good enough to be here, well then he's good enough to be here. Like it's not like, well, we're waiting for him to work on this. There is no working on this no. in South Bend. You know, just get him up here, and he can work on it here in 18 games that essentially don't really matter because the Cubs are basically already a playoff team. They have to lose, like, all 18 of them. Well, they there are nights, like last night, where <laughs> they, they look, like they they look, yeah, they look completely up to the task of losing well, okay. enough games to miss the playoffs. Well, we've done our Braylon Marquez thing. I think he should be here. I think Advert should be here the rest of the season. We've done that. We've done that podcast. I don't want to keep going over it. Yes, we did it early enough to prove that we're super smart. <laughs> right. Because we were way ahead. We're trending in the right direction. Exactly. Uh, um, so the first thing I want to get to, now I think you're a little more down on the Cubs than I am. And part of the reason I'm not down on them as much as you are is because I just don't, the season is just so silly to me. That it's hard for me to get too negative or too positive about it. Like I don't. I just the reason so, I get down is they're gonna get passed by the fucking cars. <laughs> That's the Probably. reason. They very well might. But again, with all the games the Cardinals have to play, I feel like they're just kind of a stationary target. Like yeah, I well, can't. And dirty little secret, they're not any good. No, no, no they're not any good. The Cardinals aren't and, good. The Brewers aren't good. The Reds aren't and good, and the Pirates are terrible. And, there's enough Brewers and Pirates left on the Cubs' schedule that they can scratch out some wins. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I still think 30 wins get you in. That's five wins. You can't get yeah. five wins in two and a half weeks. <laughs> Maybe um, they can't, but I, yeah, they're going to. So, well, I, that's only part. I think if I can read between the lines, as Fifth Feather loves me saying, if I can read the tea leaves, <laughs> your frustration with the Cubs is with the offense. Again, and I understand that because they strike out too much, they don't make enough contact again, and they have problems with the bases loaded. It's it's frustrating. But my thing with the offense is that I don't, I find it hard to believe, or find it hard to identify how you can really improve it. Because we say, well, Wilson Contreras is striking out 28% of the time. Yes, but an, a catcher with his offense and now his defense you just don't find. Yeah. Like he's he's a kind of a unicorn. You don't. You're not going to trade Anthony Rizzo. They're not going to trade Javi Baez. You know. And so then it's like, well, we got to fill in the spots around them. Well, Ian Happ is in one of the spots around them, and he's been the best player in the National League. Yeah. Uh, right field is a spot around them. Jason Hayward, when he's been healthy, has been very good. Yep. So you're looking squarely at the players who were givens who are just having these horrible stretches of a season where in a normal season it would still be freakish it would still be weird but we would assume they would return to the backs of their baseball cards at some point um we don't have that luxury and i feel like the the lack of time is not helping them like i feel like these guys are looking at their stats looking at like they're only being two and a half weeks left in the season and are pressing even more where if this were may which it normally would be they just be like, well, I just keep working on things, and they'll eventually correct what I always do. So it's hard for me to go all in on the offense, even though it's showing the same problems, because it is just so weird. I mean, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, Schwarber, 
for a time, Contreras, he's started to improve of late, have just been so bad. And this is not who they are. And even if the numbers are frustrating, you know, the problems are that your best players have just simply had these weird streaks that, and I'm not going to sit here and suggest that they are suddenly bad players. No, and there's nothing more 2020 than Chris Bryant coming back from an injury, starting to look like, hey, maybe he's going to hit now, forgetting to put his elbow guard on for one attack. <laughs> Did at he bat. just forget? That's what Len said last night. And then getting hit on the elbow and having to miss the next game. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, pretty that's much how it's everything been. in a nutshell right there. I mean, I don't know how you forget it. Like, I'm maybe I'm a little obsessive, but I have this thing I do where I constantly check for my keys, my phone, and my wallet, like when I'm like walking right. around, like, do I have them? I can't imagine I would bat without an elbow guard <laughs> yeah. if I was used to batting with it. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, Chris Bryant's the other thing I want to get to in a bit, but um, I, so, I mean, it, it is it is frustrating to watch at certain games, not every game like it's been at times in the past couple of years, the same thing, the, the, the just lack of a big hit or the strikeouts, or whatever. Now, I'm, I don't really want to get on their case about getting... I mean, it, it sucks to get shut down by Trevor Bauer in all the ways possible, but he's very good. Um, he'll do that. Yeah, he's just an asshole. On occasion. And so it, it bothers you more because... It, bo- a, it bothers because you more because, because he's a penis. Yes. But And um, because he's throwing a no-hitter, and you can kind of hear Len getting excited about it. <laughs> right. Like I don't know why you like this guy in the first place, but well, I had I had him on the muted muted screen. uh, He was pretty good. I mean, he didn't, you know, he wasn't overtly cheering for life. It's not like Chip Carey's old Craig Biggio love, which was just uncanny. But um, I I guess if I if I if I voice or write more of a frustration with the offense, it's because on this team that's where the talent actually is. Like they have they have one and a half starting pitchers. They have you and they have Kyle at home, and they have <laughs> right. n- and they have nothing else. And then they have a wildly inconsistent bullpen, where yep. Jeremy, which is not very good. Where suddenly Jeremy Jeffress is like the guy you're like, oh good, they'll bring him in. And it's like, no, it's Jeremy Jeffress. This is the the wheels are going to fall off at the the most inopportune time, and he, it's not right. going to be his fault. It's just going to be him being him. So there's a, I mean, I understand. There's a limit to how angry you can get. At the rotation yeah. bullpen because they're filled with bad players. Yes, they're bad. And then you see the good guys and you're like, you, would you just pick it up? And the fact that this is the th- at least it's re- at least the third year in a row that they've done this. That they've spent, they, they've been in first place in August and then it's like, okay, it's time to stop hitting. So we can <laughs> slowly fall out of first place while teams that aren't as good as us, that are just full of annoying ass bags, catch us. <laughs> Right, and they, you know, they we we basically fall far faster than they can rise, but we pass them. It's just like <laughs> again, we're gonna do this again, and I still I was pissed when he said it, and now it just pisses me off every time else. I constantly go back to Theo's weird little victory lap when they were thirteen and three about how Ross had fixed everything, and it's like, well, no, they're this, it's the same guys, and then it proved it. It's like you know. Teddy, you're well, supposed to be the smart guy. You're not supposed to say stuff like that. But clearly, he was. Joe Madden has pissed him off so much that he couldn't contain himself from going. Uh-huh. Like See, you guys thought this was dumb, but look at it well, now. It's like, well, well all I right. mean, but you know why? Because 
if the problem isn't the manager, mm-hmm. it's the players. And those, I mean, these are all his guys. These are all, well, Rizzo was originally drafted by them. The rest of them are their signees, their draft picks. And if there's something fundamentally wrong with them, that means they've not done their jobs as well as they should have. Yeah, and they haven't. This is a, this is a. But I don't. I can't sit here. Even if we just say what whatever this season is, who cares? Because it's stupid, and it is. I don't know what the long like you can't. I don't know what the long term. You say okay, we need to bring in guys who make more contact and strike out less. So are you gonna? Are you gonna trade Contreras for two guys who make more contact? That. That just seems like you'd be running in place. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, but I'm not one of the guys. The strikeouts don't really bother me. It's the lack of scoring. Yeah, it's and just it, the it's the guy's not I crossing mean, the plate. If you make an out, you make an out. You know, just make. You could strike out as much as you want. Just mix in a few hits in between the strikeouts, and I'm cool with it. There are times when I'm not cool with a strikeout, and I've seen. Well, like if it's Javi. In a spot yeah. where a single will score a run or two, and he is hell bent on hitting the ball a thousand feet to left field, then yes, I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, you know, you know, but yeah, two men on, no outs. You know, you gotta bases loaded, no outs. You, you I mean, you gotta just you, even a double play scores a goddamn run. Um, you gotta, you gotta get the ball in play. But so, I mean, that's been their issue. But I'm, you know, I can't sit here and, well, these 40 games or 42 games or whatever it is now means that Kyle Schwarber's a bad hitter. I, I mean, I just, I'm not going to do It's not, it's barely a quarter of a season. Um, and so I'm very curious how the front office is going to rate and review this season and their players and their team as a whole and how much weight they're going to put in this season. I mean, they're going to, you know, we're going to go back to, well, will Anthony Rizzo get an extension talks? And if he continues to hit like this for the next two weeks, like those will be even more interesting. Um, But I I mean, I just don't, I don't know what the fix here is because the fix was, well, we just got to get some more hitters around them that are good and that'll fix that. Well, they did. Mm -hmm. You have Ian Happ and Jason Hayward or the other spots and they've been very good. You're only like, black hole as it is is second base. If you have one dead spot in the lineup, that's that's not a terrible place to be. Uh, I guess DH is technically a dead spot, but they didn't know they were going to have a DH, so yeah. they didn't build the team to have one. Um, and then they got hung up on, ooh, that's a good spot for Victor Caratini. So, right. No, who, no, it's not. Who's a fine backup catcher, yes. but that's all he is. An excellent um, backup catcher. Not, but you don't play your backup catcher six days no. a week. And right. they were. For, and probably are back to that now. So great. Um, well, they have Billy great. Hamilton now, so they can. Oh yeah, that that's so cheerful. People, well, he can do that. I mean, like, I don't. I understand the defensive replacement thing, but like, what happens if the difficult play to make comes in the fourth inning? Well, but, 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 you know, but Billy Hamilton didn't help you. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I have. Like... I had zero. I actually, I Billy Hamilton was a guy that if you were going to carry Albert Almora, which they knew they were going to, I would much rather have Billy Hamilton than Albert Almora. Because neither can hit, but Billy does all the things that Albert is supposed to, but can't. Right, he's fast. Albert can't yeah. run. Albert is a good center fielder, so is Billy, but Billy's fast, so he gets to more yeah. stuff. That's fine. And as a 28th guy, he's like a perfect guy. The problem on this team is, do you have the luxury of having that 28th guy be a pinch runner, 
defensive replacement or are you your constant scramble for offense mean that you know, it's just going to handcuff you even more because now you've got Ildemaro Vargas for no apparent reason. So those you've got two guys who can't hit just on a team with a bunch of guys who are supposed to hit who aren't hitting. So it's quite yeah. a collection of talent that they've got right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's. I think the last thing we would have said before whatever the season was, was, oh, yeah, their big problem is their best players will be their worst players. Yeah. Like, no one no. would have said that. Of course not. Um, I, I guess if you're an optimist, which we are not, <laughs> which neither one of us are, is you could say, well, eventually these guys are going to hit, and if they end up hitting the last week of the season and into October, they could – they could make some noise. Yeah, that's the only time they need to hit. Maybe they're the they maybe they're hit. banking all these hits, and they're just gonna vomit them all over the playoffs. And you're like, "Holy shit! Look how good the Cubs are." Well, Versus- and that could, I mean, as I say, like maybe the length of the season is playing into it. Maybe we can't rule out that these guys are looking at it and going, "Well, we're already basically a playoff team. I don't, I don't have to bust out of this tomorrow." You know, all I have to do is bust out of this at the end of the month and going forward, and then where will we be? So, right. I don't know. Because there's literally no incentive to win the division. It None. Just, especially if it's going to be, it especially if it's gonna be a neutral yeah, site. Right. It does not matter. You just have to be one through eight won't make any goddamn difference. You just it's have to nice be one of the eight. It, right. Well, you have to be not eight. I guess, if, I guess as, as we said, if you yeah. can be eight because yeah, you might beat the Dodgers two yeah. out of three. If your goal is to win the World Series, you might actually want to be eight. Because <laughs> right. then you and Kyle win their starts, and you're like, holy crap, the Dodgers are it. out, and the Cubs are, although then, I don't you know. It's like, all right, well, here we go, Adbert. Go get them. You're, you're starting the NLDS. Well, the, the hope would be Quintana is at least strong enough to go once through well, a lineup. Theo apparently spoke today. Uh-huh. I don't think he was uh, bragging about Ross in uh, the press conference today. But No, I don't think he was um, either. Said that they're hoping maybe they can get bullpen work out of Chatwood and Quintana, and then there's a chance that Andrew Chafin might pitch. So that's all oh, that's great. Basically, the two guys you need to go back in the rotation, doesn't sound like they're going to go back, and then the lefty reliever you got who can actually get people out, eh, we're not sure if he's going to be able to pitch. Other than that, everything's great. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But they're still, they still have not unleashed left-handed Yu Darvish, which I would try. <laughs> I, would I don't know least. why. If, if he retires and doesn't at least face one batter pitching left-handed, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, at least Javi gave us the one left-handed at bat. The one lefty at bat. Yu needs to give us the one left-handed at bat where he, you know, calls timeout. They bring his other glove out. He declares and pitches to a guy. There's no yeah. reason not to do it before he retires because well, we'll, we all want we'll to get, see it. We'll get into how the Cubs actually get through a playoff series when it comes up. I don't, but yeah, especially if they have this in a bubble, which more and more people are making it sound like that's what's going to happen. Like they're just going to yeah, to the point where the Dodgers are already bitching about it because they, if you go into the bubble and you want to bring your family, your family has to quarantine for seven days, which doesn't sound like that much of a sacrifice seven days but they're pissed about it because they're the Dodgers I guess well considering the NBA and NHL players went without seeing their families yeah, for like exactly. six weeks two months I'm not my sympathy runs only so deep 
I mean, I think the problem with it is the National League bubble is supposed to be in Texas, and I would not want to be going into Texas on purpose. Well, L.A. is not exactly a place you Right, and that's where the other one is, and the American League teams are like, uh, can we go to Vancouver? (laughs) Are there there baseball fields in Vancouver? Um, All right, well, that segues into the next subject I had. Canadian Canadian baseball. (laughs) Right. It is Chris Bryant, um, who has been injured and bad all season. And even when he's been in the lineup, it just it doesn't look like he has any power, which has probably had to do with the injuries. And I'm trying to forecast where this goes, because an awful lot will depend on how other teams weight this season in an evaluation. But now you're talking about the third straight season where he's had injury issues. Yep. Lingering injury, not just like, oh, yeah, he broke a toe, you know, and he's, you know, it heals up and it's fine. Um, and so that's, that's now basically chronic. Like that is something that you have to consider will keep happening. He will also only have one year left on his deal. So whatever the Cubs had thought they might get for him last winter, when they never got an offer they thought was worthy of him, they're most certainly not getting that now, but do the Cubs decide, you know what, he might just be ouchy the rest of his career because he's a six foot six third baseman. That's what tends to happen to them. And, you know, it's not even just about like we can't afford him. It might just be about we think we might be able to do better. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you, do you if teams want, if teams aren't even considering trading for him, and I don't know that they will for one year. Do you hope he has some sort of bounce back season and then, okay, we'll offer you a two or three year prove it thing. Like you have to prove you can stay healthy before you can cash in on the free agent market. I mean, where does this go? You're certainly not going to trade it. If you do get an offer to trade him, it's not going to be for immediate help. Like we said about Contreras, you're not going to trade this guy and get two guys back who help you make more contact and strike out less. That's not going to happen. Unless they're bad. (laughs) Like unless, unless all they do is hit singles. So I'm having a hard time deciding where this goes. I mean, if I were forced to bet at my actual money, I think the most Would likely you... thing is that he plays next year for the Cubs and then signs somewhere else after the season. I think that just walks. Yeah, and the Cubs are like, "Ooh, we get a we get a compensatory draft pick." Because you're right, he's if he wasn't worth what they thought he was last offseason, even if he'd been healthy this year, he's worth less this right. offseason because you only get a year of him. You were going to get two before. And then there are teams who are afraid of trading for a Scott Boris client because he's not going to give you the, you know, the, there, there are teams out there, I think, who would try to do the Cardinal Scott Rowland thing where you trade for him and then you, you, you know, show him how fun it is to be white in St. Louis playing baseball. <laughs> and then he signs a big contract and you, you get the advantage of the home, you know, you, you, you basically woo him while he's there. Most teams look at a Boris client and go, well, that's great. We could treat him as nice as we want, but Scott's going to try to squeeze the most money out of somebody. Right. And that's, if that's not going to be in, that doesn't have, we don't have to give up two players to, or three players to get him and then pay the most amount of money anyway. Um, so he's going to be very difficult to trade, even if they wanted to. So they're, I think they're going to go into next year with basically 
I assume they're just going to write this year off as that was 60 games of weird pandemic baseball. Yes. This is our, this is our last shot with that. We know we're going to have Javi Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber, whatever. Right. And they're just going to play it out. And after that, that's when the reckoning comes where, you know, the guy who's most likely to stay is not Javi. It's Rizzo. Because um, he'll be the oldest. He'll be the oldest to be the easiest for them to sign. Um, but I don't know. But I, I, I don't know either. I just, I feel like we're the the one of the big frustrations of this season is that it's we missed out on a full season of Bryant, Javi, and Rizzo when we knew there was only a couple left. Right. And then apparently, you know, uh, Javi needs the magic video room to hit. <laughs> I mean, I love Javi. He's one of my all-time favorite Cubs. I think I said this last podcast. But I, I saw that and I literally laughed because I'm like, buddy, you seem like the last guy who is <laughs> getting right. who's getting any value out of watching your at-bats other than, ooh, that swing looked cool. <laughs> I just I can't imagine that he, there's a lot of analysis going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. He's a smart, instinctive baseball player who does like the the cool – the, the double play to end the card the, the last game of the Cardinal series where he got the weird hop and had the sense to just the ball's in my bare hand I'm just going to touch the bag with my with the ball and then throw to first right and that's yeah, the kind right. of cool stuff Javi does not the oh let me break this you know can you run oh, that there. back at at uh, can we can we run that at 80 frames per second I want to see the oh, spin oh, on this the outside yeah. oh okay. yeah that's right oh they don't want me to I'm trying to pull the ball and they don't want to throw it inside. Hmm. Uh, if he needs video proof for that, why don't they just bring him down into the thing and show him old at bats and right. pretend that it's today? He's like, what's with all the fans? Like, oh no, no, that's uh, Fox put those in. Don't worry about it. Aren't we wearing white tonight? Never mind. This is this is from today, Javi. This is fine. I mean, and the other, I mean, I, I getting back. I think if, if 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 it goes as you say, and Bryant were to have a fourth straight kind of injury riddled weird season where he's good but not great well then you might open the possibility of hey look we'll offer you if you want a real crack at this we'll offer you the one year 20 million you can go out there be healthy be an mvp candidate then you can cash in he might might get an extension on all of it yeah he might price himself into your neighborhood by not (laughs) playing well right like he's been been so bad we can keep him I mean, do you think he's just broken? I mean, is there, I mean, I don't know what. I mean, I, he's certainly getting no favors from the Cubs medical staff. We've no. been over that, yeah. but you know. Well, I mean, it's been like you said, it's three years in a row now. It's not like it's well. Remember a couple of years ago he had this, and last year he made it through. But this year, no, it's it just seems to always happen. And it could, given the Cubs, it'll be a combination of bad luck and a bad training staff, and he'll go sign with. God, who knows next year or in two years and then go on and have five, the five most productive seasons of his career for somebody else. Because they're like, oh, wait, they never actually like gave you a massage like, <laughs> right, or something stupid like or that. Or like, ooh, you know, maybe you need to spend 10 days on the injured list and then you'll be fine the rest of the year. Where the <laughs> Cubs right. are like, ah, you could you could play through it. Like, it was it was funny when when he got hit on the elbow and had the big and you know the bruise started to show itself and Len's like oh it's a great sign that he's staying in to run it's like no it's a sign of the Cub training staff it doesn't 
that doesn't, yes, it's probably fine, but you can't take that because the Cubs leave everybody in. Right. It's like, is a bone sticking out? No. All right. Well, you're okay. then. They're like, they really should be the Hawks training staff is what they should be. That's right. They treat everybody, <laughs> treat everybody like a hockey player. You'll They're be treating fine. everyone like a hockey player. Like, so. What do you need ice for? We're playing on this stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, yeah, I, those are the two things I was, I was thinking about. It's just such a very, and you know, it, it does suck that the Cubs had one of their years with everybody kneecap, but they're hardly the only team that, you know, that can say that. Like everyone, you know, okay, the Dodgers have infinite years. But- yeah, I mean, I think that the two teams that are probably, because the, the two teams that had real live World Series championship aspirations that are most affected by this are the Dodgers, who have this really good team that's playing well now, except for Cody Bellinger who isn't really playing well, but for the same reasons Javi and right. whoever else are. Everybody but Juan Soto. Um they stand a very good chance of having a year in the middle of this run be completely wasted by a couple of bad bounces in the playoffs and they're out. Right. And then the Yankees, who everybody's hurt. And if it was a normal season, they'd get most of these guys back, except for Stanton, who never comes back. And no. they'd be fine. But they may very well either miss the playoffs altogether or, you know, slot in at eight. Although that'd be, I guess it doesn't matter as long as they make it in. They get the A's probably. Yeah. Uh, or the Rays. They can't beat the Rays, so it could be a problem. But yeah, I those think teams, everyone... everybody's <laughs> affected by this. The, the teams, right. some, if the, the only way it works out for you is if some little slappy team steals a World Series this year. Well, that's the what the team... Cardinals do. Yeah. We've, we've seen that movie twice. Um, that's I think I we all want to watch the Rays kick the shit out of the Yankees in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I think it is fun. <laughs> We're all for that. Uh, and you know, the Rays—they don't care if it's a tab or not. Like this, no fans thing. This works out great for them, they, right? I mean, they're, they've been preparing for this for you know their entire existence as a franchise, right? In fact, um, they're like, can you guys turn the fake crowd noise down? It's way too loud in here. We're not used to this. I'm still convinced when all this is up, like after the 2021 season, as soon as the, whenever that final pitch is thrown and the season's over, Theo and Jed are packing up along with everyone else. Like, all right, see ya. We're, we did everything we came here to do. Like, um, so then you got to trust the Ricketts family again to make the right hire, which I don't. They got it right once, but that's, you know that they for them to do it a second time. I, I wouldn't bet on that. Well, so. They'll hire Ryan Pace this time. I'm, no, no, no. See, now I'm getting back to this because we were talking on our Bears podcast last night. How one, uh, one of our hosts, Andrew sees like thinks the Bears are going four and twelve, which would necessitate yet another Bears blow up. And I just can't have another Bears blow up right now. I can't. I can't do it all again. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about a Cubs blow up. I can't. I can't. I can't do this twice. I can't even do it once. So we'll just we'll just leave it there. I think the assumption has always been that Jed wants to stay and actually get to run things, but he may We've be seen that. he may <laughs> be he may be smart enough to be like, no, I can go too. I can go run something. I else. don't have to be the one who gets blamed for the for the crap that we've left behind. Right. But, but we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, those are my. Those were my bullets. I'm sure you have other bullets that you wanted to get to. Yeah, I mean, I think the 
Well, we talked about most of it, I think. But just okay. just this idea that you know they've got to get. <laughs> it's very difficult to see a path where they don't just eke into the playoffs if they don't win all the U and Hendrick starts the rest of the way. And, you know, <laughs> U seems to always get slotted against the other team's ace. Well, you're forgetting is, Alzelay is going to get some starts here, and even though that might only be well, four starting, or five innings, that should be enough. Yeah, he's starting tonight against um, Sonny Gray, who his arm fell off in his last start, and the yeah. Reds nailed it back on and made him rest for 10 days, and now they're going to throw him back out again, um, which shouldn't work. So hopefully... Um, if they even get this one in tonight, it is it is not pleasant yeah, at the little, moment. It's a little soggy. Well, and then I don't know if you how many of the games you watch with the volume down, but um, I've become obsessed with this because it's on so much. The herpes commercial. <laughs> that's on at like four or five times a game that starts with, many of us have herpes. Like, well, yeah, wait, a minute, so- wait a minute, wait a minute, what do you mean many of us? Which made me yeah, actually one- actually go, all right, now what, I don't know what kind of market research they've done on Cup. Yeah, that one always gets my head to turn up from the screen. You know, like if I'm working on my laptop or checking on my phone, but and I, that, that ad comes up, like that, that's a look of like many? But I feel I? like, I feel like the herpes commercial is actually a fitting comp for the Cubs offense. Oh, God. Where the offense stays dormant for long stretches, and then suddenly flares up, and then goes back dormant again. So I wonder if that's what made the ad buyer go, "Huh, maybe we could well, sell some herpes spots in this." Speaking of marquee, and you might have gotten the same note that I did, but I heard from a little birdie, won't name names or anything, that the reason. We keep getting Ryan Dempster in the booth, is because that's the long-term plan here. I've, I've I haven't that, heard that, but I've assumed that from the very beginning. That, that Marquis does not like Jim Deshays for some reason. That Dempster is their guy, and they want going forward the booth to be Len and Ryan. Which I mean, Dempster in the booth is not bad. It's not like you're you're you know he's not Dallas. Uh, Dallas Braden in Oakland or anything. You know, he's not the wild and crazy guy. He's actually, he's decent enough. Um, So that, it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't make the game unwatchable. But it clearly feels like it's just changing for the sake of changing. So you can prove why you have the job that this moron family gave you. Yes, it's, and that's exactly what it would be. It's the, everything else we've tried hasn't worked. So, right. look, we'll make our imprint by messing with the other part of it. I mean, the pregame show is not good. The postgame show is not good. Any of the ancillary programming has been mostly tedious or unwatchable. <laughs> um, people call me tedious and unwatchable. Yeah. And okay. so, but people are like, well, you know, we like the, we like Len and JD. We always have. And the only way to give yourself any credit, to, you know, just it's, it, that's the, it's, I think we talked about this probably yes. early on. It's the middle manager syndrome of I'm not going to get credit for 
keeping something that works working. I need to put a stamp on something. Yep. And if that's what they do, it's you're right. Dempster is not nearly as annoying during games. He he tones down the shtick during games. That he he's full force on his stupid little talk show and and the few times I've seen him do the post game. That's fine. That takes place in the corner. But he's not. But he's not. He's not good doing games. He's he talks all the time about guys not doing too much. He must say that 10 times a game. That's like right. his thing. He also doesn't have a very good voice for it. He's, well, it's a little as, soft and Canadian. As I've said on Twitter, his Canadian accent, I keep telling, I keep waiting for him to tell me they need to get pucks deep and get traffic <laughs> in front of the net. Because it just, I mean, that's exactly what it sounds. It just sounds like that's where he's going to go next. Yeah. It's it's um, it's the opinion. Now, had he replaced Brenly, would have been fine, right? Because we wouldn't have known any better. But you get Deshays, and you get a guy who is he's he's funny without having to try to be funny. Yes, and he has pretty good insight, and he has a really good rapport with Len. And it's just very comfortable, and they just keep screwing it up. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if, in fact, it would surprise me a lot if the plan wasn't to have Dempster eventually take over because he Crane thinks they're pals. And Crane is one of those people who thinks he has friends. He doesn't have any friends. He thinks he has friends because there are people who think he can do something for them who are nice to him. And that would be a perfect that would be the that would be the Ryan Dempster Crane Kenny relationship, which is all right, this is the guy who's going to make the decisions on who gets to be on the TV network. I will be nice to Crane and Crane's like, "He likes me." It's like no, no one likes you. You're you're an effete prick, and nobody likes you. But there are people who will pretend that they like you, and for him, that's probably good enough. You know, it's um, it's like the old line: um, pretending you have courage is just as good as having courage. Well, for Crane, people acting like they're your friends is just as good as having friends. As good as having friends. So, uh, well, that's that's all very depressing. It's so. When was the last time it was fun to be a Cubs fan? Was it when they were 13 and 3? I mean, that wasn't even fun because we're still living in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, it was still weird baseball that didn't feel like it counted. It's all been downhill since Rizzo walked off the Dodgers the night they got the rings. Mm, Well, beating the Nationals was kind of fun. Well, that's right, especially since it was dusty. Yeah, that was fun. Because, yeah, so like, that's probably it. It's probably you knew that was it because, like, you knew, like, okay, they're gonna get walloped by the Dodgers, and they did. But it's like, hey, this is a pretty good defense of a World Series. Like, they went back to the playoffs, they won a series. They're gonna lose to the team that's clearly next. That's how this works. Yeah. So it's fine. And ever since then, I mean, I, you know, Andy, I've come on this podcast and defended the 2018 team until I've gone horse. Like, they won 95 games. I don't know. You know, if if that Brewers team was one inning away from going to the World Series, then the Cubs team was as well, like by default. Um, so, you know, that that whole thing gets colored by just two bad nights or well, two can, bad days. You can really blame it all on Carl Edwards Jr. I, and I have blamed it on Carl Edwards Jr. In fact, I blame most of my problems on Carl Edwards yeah. Jr. Yes, even non-baseball related ones. Oh, definitely just non-baseball blame them on Carl Edwards Jr. Carl Edwards Jr. Um, or you can blame it on Joe Madden for making Pedro, Pedro Strope hit. 
Although I didn't think that was that bad of a call considering the state of the bullpen. Yeah, I thought no, it was it was, they, it they was defensible. They should have called Pedro right, not to swing. <laughs> but Pedro, the former infielder, wanted to show off that he could hit, and he and in his defense, he smoked that ball. Yes, he did. It was a nice uh, play by Rendon, and then so he and then he did the pitcher thing where he sped up at the end, getting yeah. towards the bag. Oh shit! I might be safe, and then he pulled his hamstring. And he's literally never been any good since. And he's never been any good but since. But he's in South Bend too, which is you now fine because I love Pedro, but I don't expect to get anything. No, him. that's not going to be. I mean, a thing. if the Reds went, no, that's we're going to pay you to not pitch for us. That's not a great thing. Yeah, because we've seen the guys the Reds pay to pitch for them, and outside of maybe three guys. It's not a good investment. So no. them sending Pedro home is very bad. Delighted that this will be the last time I have to watch the Reds tonight. Yeah, that, the nice thing about this season has been how quickly you dispatch of <laughs> right. like the car. The, oh, that's it for the Cardinals? Oh, that's too bad. Oh, the Reds are gone? Oh, we're going to Milwaukee and then we don't have to deal with them anymore? Oh, this is nice. You know what I was thinking about? If you were – because I, I, there's something about the way the season is structured that I do like, like the, 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 the division-only conference – like you're in the central conference, basically. And I was like, you know, when they when they radicalize the baseball season, when they completely overhaul it, you know, like how could you do something where like, yeah, there's there's forty games where you only play your division. Like, and that's that's this portion of the season, and we do an award for that. And like whoever wins that gets a playoff worth. And then the next sixty games you only play the other two divisions, you know, and then we, we reward something of like that. And then, you know, like, you, you kind of, like, sectionalize it. Because I do kind of enjoy that part of it for some reason. I'm just weird like that. Maybe because it gets all your Cardinals games over in two weekends. It's <laughs> like, there, two weekends, you're done. You don't, you don't have to worry about them for another year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like – because they used to do that with interleague play. Like, interleague play used to be basically in June. Yeah. And then and I kind of I liked how it was just sort of this weird – festival in the middle of a baseball season. They kind of broke it up. Well, and the only reason they stopped was because they have an odd number of teams. Right. So they have to, there has to always be an interleague series. That's Mm -hmm. the reason that it's not just like a midsummer. Because really what you should do is just build it right around, right before and after the All-Star game. Yeah. And then you're done. Well, when you get, when when interleague goes bye-bye. And then the other thing I like about this, which is something that the NFL of all places has done is that the NFL the last couple of weeks you only play teams in your division mm-hmm. and that's baseball had tried to get to that but then the interleague thing blew it all up well this is why they're going to expand to 32 teams isn't it yeah of course now that they've had a pandemic and nobody has any money it'll be interesting to see I guess billionaires, oh, I, I guess I billionaires be, still have money so that'll they, be they more do. reason for them to expand because whoever wants to own a baseball team is still going to have the money to pay the expansion fee and that's money they can have that's true. Yeah, they're going like to need. If you want if if you're the asshole who wants to bring baseball to Nashville, you still have the what seven eight hundred million to to pay the expansion fee. Like you, you still got it. Uh, and then you're they're going to bilk the 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 city to build them a stadium anyway. So um, I feel like I feel like you should keep that on your radar. I I, I feel like baseball expansion to bail these guys out is is probably more on the radar than anyone's talking about Nashville and Portland or something. I don't know where the other, I don't know where the teams would go, but yeah, I mean, I think people bring Montreal up out of sentiment more than 
I think Jonah Carey by himself has eliminated the possibility of Montreal baseball ever yeah. again. Well, at, at the very least, he's in no position to advocate for it. <laughs> yes, and and won't be for a very long time, and that's that's good. Um, I would like a Montreal baseball team just as an excuse to go back to Montreal, but you know, I'm hardly alone in that. Yeah, I mean, they clearly suffered from having the worst park in the world. Oh. <laughs> Man, have you seen that thing? Only when they try to resuscitate it for their well, for the, the end of spring training. Well, right? I mean, I. When I was in Montreal, I drove past it several times. I mean, it looks like a bunker. It basically is a bunker. And uh, I was like, wow, they they played baseball on that thing. (laughs) Like, it was, they tried to do it. (laughs) Like, so. Well, and it's one of the things I was, I hadn't given a lot of thought to until last night when people were literally overreacting to you giving up the three run homer in the first inning with, well, there goes the Cy Young. It got me thinking about why are they are they really going to give out a Cy Young and an MVP? And so well, they have to, right? Don't players have? I guess. Um, and you know their incentives and their incentives but and such. So. How ridiculous is it that the the Cy Young will have only pitched against twenty four percent of his league? Right. Just, you will only have pitched in, against National League teams the the Brewers, the Cardinals. The, the, Pirates, Reds, the Pirates and the Reds. That's it. He won't have faced anybody else. Similarly, whoever wins the MVP will have only had to hit against four teams in their own league. So it's you cannot possibly say that anybody has proven they're the best player in the league. I um, think you want you to win it because you will point out just how silly this is. Yeah, he probably would in his you know in the acceptance speech would be like, well, <laughs> right. it sure was great. I didn't have to face the Dodgers or the Padres. That was pretty right. nice. Um, I think I think you would definitely have his eyebrow raised and be like, well, this is silly, but thank you, I guess. Yes. <laughs> like you know, and he's um, and he's been so good. I don't think anyone would be like, "Well, if he'd had to face those other teams, he wouldn't have done well." I was like, "No, he's yes." I know that the centrals, for the most part, are a dumpster fire. Um, but still, he's been very and it, and it probably helps that he's carrying over something that he did the entire second half of last season. So it's like, well, yeah, he we know he's good. Feels a little more legit than if say. Tyler Chatwood had kept his two-start run going at the beginning of the season, and people are like, "Oh, I think Tyler Chatwood might be the best pitcher." Like, no, he's he's not. Yeah, but that's fine. They can give the awards, and then we'll be like, you know, it, we it's it's a given. We're all going to look back at this season. It's going to it's going to have screwed up everybody's stats. Yep. Um and then I'd be like, who won the MVP that year? Eh, that doesn't really count. That doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, they handed out the MVP and the, the or the cons or the Hart Trophy and the Selkie and all that for when hockey had the half season. And I well, they, I think gave, they did. I mean, baseball gave an MVP. I don't even remember who it was. Baseball gave MVPs out in '94, and they didn't even bother to finish the season. No, I think I don't think they did. I think they just carried it over because Frank Thomas was the defending MVP for like two seasons. I don't think I don't think they handed them out, but you might be right. No, they voted. They voted. Frank won. He got twenty four first place votes, and Jeff Bagwell won in the National League. Well, at least that was a hundred and 
what, 15 games or something or whatever. So how did – so look at this. So Tony Gwynn. I mean, if you think of the 94 season, who do you think of? You think of Tony Gwynn because he hit 394. Mm-hmm. He finished seventh in the National League Most Valuable <laughs> Player. <laughs> Wait, Matt Williams – well, Matt Williams was Cleveland by then, right? No, he was still he was still with the Giants. Didn't he have like forty? He had four. Homers? He had forty three homers. He was on pace to hit sixty when they shut down. Yeah. Uh, Moises Alou, who was still an Expo, was third. Uh, Pre steroid Barry Bonds was fourth. Greg Maddox was fifth. Mike Piazza was sixth, and then Tony was seventh. He hit three ninety four, four fifty four, five sixty eight, and he was seventh. Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, right? Bagwell and yes, he, I, he that's I, you wouldn't have a bone to pick with that. Jeff Bagwell hit in 110 games, 39 homers, 116 RBIs. He hit 368. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. So he that was no argument there. And then Frank, uh, similarly, in 113 games, 38 homers, 101 RBIs. He hit a cool 353. Didn't Frank and Bagwell like share a birthday or something? Wasn't there some connection between Just the two? literally a birthday. They are literally the exact same age. They were born on the yeah. same day. Yeah, um, I knew there was something like that. Well, Albert Bell right, actually. Why haven't I, I, Albert hit three fifty seven that year. Paul O'Neill hit three fifty nine. Good lord! As we draw the close, I didn't get a chance to listen to your Bears podcast, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But let me just ask this. Am I wasting my time this year by watching the Bears, in your opinion? Well, there's nothing else to do, so no. <laughs> if there were other things to do, then yes. This is how depressing. You would... So, we, um, my Bear co-host, Mike Pusateri, who uh, is an actor and a comedian, and um, after I asked him to be on the podcast, I'd forgotten this, he sent me a link to a Super Bowl commercial that he was in with Deion Sanders. Um, okay. Yeah, I saw all those tweets. Yeah, um, we talked because tonight's game, the opener, is Chiefs Texans. We spent an inordinate amount of time again on how the fuck did Ryan Pace pick Mitch instead of either of these guys? Uh, I decided this. Um, I decided last night. Then I um, in Madden, I started a franchise, and the only change I made to the Bear roster was I put Deshaun Watson on it, mm-hmm. and now I just want to cry. Because Ryan Pace has built a pretty good team with one especially glaring hole, and his offensive line isn't great, so that that doesn't help. But I'm not. Yeah, that's the that's the but, thing. For but me. without a competent quarterback, there, it's a really good team that has no chance, none, and it's just it's sad. But I will still watch. I would watch anyway because I'm a Bear fan and I watch all right. the Bear games. Because that's what we do. There's especially no reason I mean, not to this year because we can't go anywhere. So you might as well watch the damn game. I mean, no chance. I mean, we're, you know, you're only two seasons removed from them going 12 and four with okay quarterback play. I mean, to say they have no chance, I just I don't know. That seems that seems recency biased to me. I think they have no chance. I think. Okay. I, I think. And it's funny. Have you looked at the schedule? Because the schedule's pretty bad. Well, that's right. We went through it, and I made a case that they will be playing. They very well could be needing. They they could well have a shot with that Packer game. Yeah, to we get know the, how that goes. To get the last playoff spot, yes, and knowing that they will, <laughs> knowing they will lead the entire game, 
And then in a game the Packers don't even need to win, Aaron Rodgers will throw an 80-yard touchdown pass well, on his back foot there, no, all the way across the no, field to beat them. No, hang on. There is a chance that that Packers thing goes to, like, full-out mutiny by, like, week 10. Because no one up there is happy. No, and they're not and they're not that good. And they're not that good. I mean, they were the worst 13-3 and team. And we saw I mean, the Bears, I think, maybe have had the previous worst 13-3 and team, the Dick Duran Bears. Right. Much like the thirteen and three David Ross Cubs. Um, oh, that team, that Packers team had no business going thirteen and no. three. And then the the Niners showed them well, and exactly then, why. And then they even got the the Viking upset of the Saints meant because right. they were supposed to get knocked out in the first round by the Saints or the second round, I guess, because they had a bye. But yep. no, the Vikings win, which means the Seahawks, who were lugging in like. 40% of their actual roster. Everybody was hurt. <laughs> right. Still almost beat them. Russell Wilson almost beat them all by himself, which then set up them playing in the NFC Championship game and just getting their ass kicked, <laughs> which was glorious. Jimmy Garoppolo threw six, completed six passes. And, and five of those were just um, Shanahan going, F, fine, go ahead. You can throw. <laughs> you can throw it once. We don't need it, but go ahead. You can throw it. <laughs> like... So, but like Rodgers is already bitching about lack of receivers, his contract extension, the guy they drafted. Like, they're that could be a whole thing up there this year. Like, I mean, they probably pull it together because Rodgers is that good and he's a professional, whatever. But you can see, like, if things start to go wrong, they might all go wrong up there. It might just spiral completely out of control. Well, and he's at a stage in his career where. You know he gets he gets hurt now, which yeah. happens when you're old and you're not Brett Favre. Although Favre would get hurt, and just would play. I broke my thumb. Right. I don't care. I'm a big dumb hillbilly. I'll well, he throw. would he would juice himself full of whatever he could get his hands on. Yes, and then go play. So there's also a chance that you you you, you didn't upgrade at. Well, it's funny they used their top picks at two positions they were set at, quarterback and running back. So right. If you no, guys, did you did you look at your roster before you drafted? Because right. the two errands are pretty good. You probably didn't need to do that, which means that if so, but because they did that, if Rodgers gets hurt, they've got to start the rookie who's not going to be ready. Um, which could really make things go south then, because yeah. he's going to look worse than he is, which is really going to you know send Packer fans over the edge and give Rodgers something to brag about and. We know from the way he deals with his actual family, that Rodgers is a passive-aggressive ass. And you put you put him in this situation where he, he can crank that up to 11, and yes, he could really make life miserable for everybody in Green Bay, which I'm all for. Yeah. Which they, I'm all for. They deserve it. Um, yeah, I, we were just, you know, when the Bucks went on strike, my, Matt, my, my, podcast compatriot Matt and I were just like, like what what would the state of Wisconsin do if the Packers didn't play week one? If the Packers were like, we're not going to play. Either they would immediately enact all the laws that, that they were demanding or the entire state would collapse into Lake Michigan and Lake Superior. Maybe both. But... They would, um, they would burn down the uh, Donald Driver statue in front of the, uh, <laughs> is it the Touchdown Brewery? Whatever they call that brewery. They have that terrible, I don't know if you've ever been up there, they have this, they have this terrible like fan-made statue that they painted a, an 80 on and it basically decided that it's Donald Driver. And it's like, oh my God, look at that thing. It's, it's an interesting Donald place up there. Donald Driver does those ads for Wisconsin Tourism. 
It's so funny because you're like, hey, Donald, look around and tell me you see another black person. <laughs> and like, it's like, he's like, oh, you got to come to Wisconsin, McDonald. What, what, what are you not seeing here? Like, what, how did you, how did no one pick this out? Um, but, oh, what a weird place. So, well, that was fun. It was. Now, hopefully the Cubs will string together a couple of wins. That would be nice. We'll have a nice positive podcast next week where we can. Is that what we do? We can talk about how everything's turned around and everything's great. And was the, it the Twins the pitch, this weekend? And the Pitch Lab is great. Hmm? Who is it this weekend after the Reds are done bothering us here? They go to Milwaukee. Oh, it's Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee. Yes. For four. A wraparound series. Yes. Another as one. Some might call it. And then it's the Twins. Then they go to Minnesota for two or something. I believe it's Indians for two. Then twins ah. for three. Oh well, then, then you'll kind of find out what, what you're made of. So I just those are actual teams. I just posted on on Decipio. I wrote a. Um, some people have caught on to this. Occasionally, I write articles that only go on Decipio. They don't go on Pointless Exercise, and the reason for that is because some gambling outfit has paid me to write. <laughs> they will pay me to put a post on Decipio, and then they will later pay me to put a different post on pointless exercise as long as I embed a link in it. So I had to write one today, which I'm happy to do. And I decided to go through and figure out where they could find the five wins that they need to make the playoffs. Well, there's four this weekend. That would be nice. <laughs> like so. um, I found them, but I was not as confident as I wanted to be. Um, in fact, I found seven. So. So, right. So they go to Milwaukee I gave, them, I gave them two there. Okay, they go to Milwaukee for four, Cleveland for two, Minnesota for three, Pittsburgh for four, yes? Yes. And then the White Sox for three, who will already be home and dry. Yes, and then my nightmare scenario there, although it would be kind of funny, is the Cubs need – Cubs bear, put themselves in such a hole they have to win two out of three in Comiskey to get in and then don't. And then Ricky Renteria gets to show up on Jed Hoyer's doorstep <laughs> and says, I'm sorry, uh, they're going to make a change. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. There's five wins there. There is. I do not seriously think they're going to miss yeah. the playoffs. As, um, as, as, as scary as that Twins offense might be, when you, once you get outside of Barrios... There's not a lot of pitching yeah. there. You yeah, the biggest thing it. is if you let them, they will score so many, they will hit so many home runs that you can't catch them. Right. Um, that could, that would be an issue. Um, but like I think it was Matt Clapp today who went through the looked at the Cardinal schedule. The Cardinals don't play a team now with a record over 500 the rest of the season. Um, but until this morning, until the, until this afternoon, the Cardinals weren't over 500. So, <laughs> right. So. But he looked at it and basically said that yes, even if the Cardinals get hot. It doesn't hurt the Cubs because the Cardinals will be winning games over the Brewers and Reds, meaning that neither of those teams can steal one of the last two spots from the Cubs. So basically, the Cubs are in perfect position where they could just keep losing and then watching teams behind them also lose, which is their favorite way uh, to maintain a lead. Actually, the, be- the Cubs' ideal is for a team behind them to play a doubleheader on the day that they're off, and then they pick up a full game by not doing anything. I don't think it's going to come to that. I just, at some point, 
all the games the Cardinals have to play will catch up with them. Yeah, because they don't have enough. They can't patch together enough. Nobody could. Enough pitching to get through. They're playing 15 games in the next... They start a stretch today where they play 15 games in 10 days. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. But they deserve it. Because they were licking doorknobs in a casino. They were licking doorknobs in a casino. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me once again, Andy. Always a pleasure. And I hope when we convene next week, we'll have a lot of wins to talk about. Because the Cubs only need one good week, and then it's all over. One good week, it's like, well, okay, that's it. That's literally true. (laughs) That's it. We're done. And a good week would still be beating the Reds two out of three and three out of four from the Brewers. There. There's a good week. Right. Not the not the current homestand where if they lose tonight they went three and five. That would be bad. That's that's not good. But well, even going four and four is not good. But whatever. Yes, it's all right. Um, So, all right, sir. All right, thanks. Many of us have herpes. 